Prospects to Pros is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And with GameTime, you can buy your tickets in just two taps. Two taps. That's great. You go to your favorite sports bar, they have two taps, you're probably getting out of there. But on Game Time, that's a bonus. Two taps and you're done, you've got the tickets, you're ready to go to the game. So the Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last-minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome to the Athletics Prospects to Pros podcast. I'm Chris Burke, joined by Dame Brugler and our producer, Kent Garrison. Uh, this is our second episode of the week and a special one here, headed into the Thanksgiving holiday. Wanted to mention before we get going, though, if you haven't subscribed yet to The Athletic, you can get to theathletic.com slash prospects to pros, get 40% off, plus a week free trial. So check us out over the holiday weekend if you want, and uh, then you would get 40% off the year subscription, which uh, gets you access to all of our podcasts and everything on the site and all of dane's draft content which is why we're here for this special episode uh nfl team uh each each city each uh, nfl franchise we're looking back at the all decade teams the best players uh across the rosters uh over the past 10 years and dane's done his own little spin on it with the nfl draft classes looking back at each team's best and worst first round draft picks over that time span and uh I, I'm excited because I'm just seeing this kind of as we're doing it, <laughs> which uh, gives me the uh, kind of getting the listener uh, listener experience here too a little bit, trying to check it out as we go. But uh, how long did this take you to put together? Uh, a long time. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> it's I think it's 7,500 words, um, and that was keeping it short. Um, but it's you know it's tough because look, hindsight's undefeated. We know that, uh, especially when it comes to the NFL draft. But, you know, just looking at each team and how each decision in the first round affected how that team performed on the field and the ramifications of those picks. Who did they pass on? Um, you know, and just how it all played out is just fascinating and really, really interesting. So for some of these picks, for some of these teams, I, I thought it was easy. Um, Arizona Cardinals, for example, their best first round pick of the decade. No doubt, Patrick Peterson. Um, this was not a tough choice at all. Um, you know, he's a guy that over the last uh, over the last decade, seventy six passes defended, twenty three interceptions. I mean, that's exactly the type of corner you're looking for um, if you're picking top five, and that's what the Cardinals found back in two thousand eleven. But at the same time, there were a lot of tough calls. Um, you know, some teams are just really, really good at drafting the first round. I think the Dallas Cowboys uh, definitely fall in that category. I mean, you think about all the first rounders they've had this decade. Ezekiel Elliott, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, uh, Tyron Smith. Uh, I mean, guys that are pro bowlers, all pro players, and you know, guys that are the highest paid at their position. Uh, and the reason why the Cowboys, part of the reason why the Cowboys are, uh, you know, the first in the NFC East right now. So, it really was tough for some of these uh, to pick just one. And I, and I didn't, I, I made sure I no fence sitting. I did not do any ties. I did not do any, um, you know, anything like that. I picked one 
one for the best, one for the worst of the, since 2010 for each team. So that that definitely made it difficult. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned that Cowboys one's kind of crazy. To think that three of their yeah. pieces of their offensive line and Frederick too was late first round. There's yeah. been kind of a recent trend of teams jumping up and taking taking centers of late, but it, I wouldn't say it was something that was happening a lot when they made that Tre- Frederick pick in the first round. I think they took some heat for it probably. Um, I think I probably gave him some heat when I was covering <laughs> Sports Illustrated, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I mean, that one's obviously played out. Zach Martin, was there any debate there between uh, – would it have been a Zeke versus Tyron Smith debate, or was it pretty clearly Tyron Smith for you? Yeah, I went Tyron just because, you know, he's – he entered the league so young, and he was part of that 2011 class, which was uh, such a phenomenal group of talent, and yet – Smith has been one of, if not the best offensive tackle in the league over the last uh, nine seasons. Um, even now, he, he's not quite the same guy because he's been banged up. Um, and he's called for a couple penalties uh, on Sunday, which I don't know. I didn't really see him. But um, he's still playing at a high level. And that's with the back injury. That's with all, all the bumps and bruises he's had. So, uh, to me, look, if someone wants to really push for Zeke or Zach Martin or you know, one of these other guys, there is definitely a debate to be had. I'm already, it's this, I'm looking forward kind of to the comment section. Um, Cause I, you know, I, I, everyone's going to have their opinion and that's, that's fine. I, I went with Tyron Smith. I think he's the best pick for the Cowboys of the decade, but I know there's going to be some, uh, some debating going on there because there are so many options. I, one other one, uh, which was really tough. I want to mention, and this was, the Carolina Panthers have not been, you know, they don't have the volume of first round picks that have succeeded, but they have two really, really good ones. Well, three really, really good ones. Um, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, Christian McCaffrey. All right. Three guys that, I mean, big time players. Um, how do you separate those three guys and pick out, you know, the best first round pick of the decade? Luke Keekley, he's going to the, fo- uh, the Football Hall of Fame. I promise you that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, at this current pace, he could join him in Canton one day with the way he impacts the game as a rusher and a receiver. Uh, But I went with Cam Newton because, I mean, if not for Cam Newton, they don't go to the Super Bowl uh, back in 2015. He had an uh, MVP-like year. And, you know, who knows? Cam Newton's career might be over in Carolina. uh, But regardless, I I think the way I came down to it was this. If you reward consistency, then Keekley's your answer. But if you're looking for more of peak impact, that's where I went with Cam Newton. That's where I think he gets the edge for me. But if someone wants to say Luke Keekley, it's hard to argue. McCaffrey's building a case. <laughs> I mean, he might be the best. Yeah, he at is. least the best non-quarterback in the NFL right now, uh, and maybe the best overall player in the NFL. I mean, he's certainly deserves to be in the MVP mix. He's been incredible this season, and it's it's interesting to. Because you have a couple on here that jumped out to me uh, that sort of center around a similar debate, and they're both in the AFC South, the Colts and the Texans, where you went quarterback for the best first-round pick for both those teams, Deshaun Watson in Houston and Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. And obviously there's it's not the exact same discussion as Cam Newton, but there's still some – some of the, uh, you know, you got to pay attention to what's happened recently and try to figure out how to work that in. Because Cam Newton, the Cam Newton-Carolina split looks like it's coming sooner rather than later. Uh, obviously, Andrew Luck retired before this season started, and their other option, I mean, 
Uh, you mentioned Anthony Costanzo, but uh, Quentin Nelson. Uh, you talk about guys that yeah. maybe be, might be headed for the Hall of Fame someday. I don't want to get ahead of myself. He's in his second year, but um, every week we get a highlight of him just just clobbering people. Um, so certainly some other candidates there. And then Houston, obviously the debate is uh, it's Deshaun Watson. DeAndre Hopkins is a really good player, but it's Deshaun Watson against J.J. Watt who – Mm-hmm. has had the injury history but when he's been on the field is as dominant a player as you know we've seen in football over that past decade so um the, you know those were two of the ones that jumped out to me and it's again they sort of fall in that same category was, do you we know nfl teams kind of lean toward quarterback when the the need for quarterback is there did you lean quarterback just because of the importance of that position Yes and no, um, because there are a few other teams later on where I did not do that. Um, and, I, I, you know, I should have started with this. That I think the most important thing is how do you define best and worst? And mm-hmm. for me, I defined best as who had the greatest impact or projected impact for, you know, guys that were, you know, drafted in just the last few years, projecting them forward. Uh, so sometimes that's different than just simply the best player. Um you know, so far, I think it's safe to say J.J. Watt's been a better player than Deshaun Watson just with his NFL career. Uh, but when you talk about greatest impact, you know, J.J. Watt had uh, a terrific year in, what, 2013? And the Texans still went, what, 2-14 and 14 or something and had the first pick the next year and took Clowney. Um, so, you know, I, I think that the impact that a quarterback makes – it's it's just inherent to the position uh, you know it it's it's weighted a little bit more because of the impact and so Deshaun uh, Watson does get the edge there because of the impact that it makes but at the same time we talk about the Rams I went Aaron Donald over uh, Jared Goff because I think that Aaron Donald makes more of an impact for that team than Jared Goff does um and we'll get to another one where I went with a position player over a quarterback uh, in a little bit but kind of to your point, um, yeah, you know, quarterback, because of the impact it does, it, it does have heavily influence. And I think Andrew Luck, even though he only played five and a half NFL seasons, you know, how do you not go with him as having the biggest impact? Because when Luck was on the field, they were they were contenders for the playoffs every single time. Um, you know, we saw what they were like in 2011, 2-14, a disaster uh, even without a competent quarterback. That was the, the one season in between Peyton Manning and uh, Andrew Luck. And then Luck comes into the fold and they're instant playoff contenders. So as much as, a you know, Quentin Nelson, as good as he is, he's probably the best player, but have to go with Andrew Luck because of the impact. Were there any teams that you struggled to find one? Was there anyone who's just been so bad drafting over the last 10 years that you had a hard time picking a best one? I think, you know, the Browns have had their struggles. Um, but I think Miles Garrett, you know, and of course, you know, I don't know how you even incorporate the, the helmet incident right. Um, right. into this uh, or if it even matters at all. Um, but, I mean, he he's the pick for the best, uh, you know, the best draft pick. So even the Browns' best draft pick, it does not come without some type of controversy. Um, but, you know, Baker's up there as well, the way he's been playing lately. Um, so, uh, you know, the Browns, they've had more misses than hits, um, but lately they've had a few hits, so that that's definitely up there. Um, the Jets were kind of tough. Uh, it, Jamal Adams has been a really good player, but Sam Darnold, you know, when he's playing well, 
he makes a much more impact than a strong safety. And so that was a little bit of, that was a little tough one. Um, I'm trying to think of a good way. I don't, there wasn't, I don't know if there was one that they just, they didn't have anybody. I mean, most teams had at least one player, you know, like the Cardinals. I, that was clear. That was Patrick Peterson. They have, they have missed on a lot of, you know, you think back with the Cardinals, Jonathan Cooper, uh, Kim Dietschy, the defensive tackle, Josh Rosen. Um, you know, they, the Cardinals have had quite a few misses in the first round, but, um, you know, they definitely had to hit with Patrick Peterson. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, like one team not having at least one, I didn't, I didn't really find that. Um, you know, the Bears, Kyle Fuller, uh, I know he hasn't, I mean, he's, hasn't been amazing. I mean, he's, he's arguably a top five corner though. So I think he's, he's right there in that mix. Um, the uh, Miami was kind of interesting for me, okay, yeah. Because I think we've seen uh, they're they're two. Not that they've not that uh, Laramie Tunsil was the wrong pick or uh, Minka Fitzpatrick would have been the wrong pick, but we're seeing their best picks make an impact outside of Miami now. <laughs> so I think that that's sort of I don't know like how much yeah. you have to take. Like maybe you don't take that into account at all. But they traded away as you mentioned. They traded Larry Tunsil got a big haul. Traded Fitzpatrick, who's been. I mean, huge. She's fit in perfectly in Pittsburgh. Um, and then they go down the list, and I don't know, maybe Mike Pouncey was in the discussion, but uh, your internal discussion there, I don't know that there would have been anyone else who really jumped out. Uh, I don't. I can't imagine Devontae Parker got up to that level. Um, but, yeah, like... No, that's it, a good one. That's, that's a good point. Like, do you have to take into account... When you were doing this, were you taking into account that at all? Like, guys who have moved on and done well for <laughs> teams that didn't draft them? No, yeah, and and honestly, that I did take into account uh, what the haul was because you know I look at these as investments, and so okay, the the Dolphins invested a 13th pick overall in the 2016 draft in Laramie Tunsil. They got you know what three good seasons out of him, and then they flipped him the 13th overall pick in one draft for two future first round picks, a second rounder, and two players. So. Even if Tunsil has been average, let's say, and hasn't lived up to being the 13th overall pick, the, just that haul in return makes him worth that 13th overall pick because of the investment. So, you know, we can debate Laramie Tunsil and how he played for the Dolphins, but considering the return that they got makes him easily the Dolphins' top pick. So, and, you know, this is this one of the hardest ones. Look at the Patriots. Um, Chandler Jones has been one of the best players of the decade. Regardless of position, um, you know, there's there's only five players in the NFL this decade who have 85 or more sacks and Chandler Jones is one of them. Um, and he's also been in the compared to the other four on that top five list. He's also been in the NFL a lot uh, fewer years uh, than uh, the other four. So but at the same time, most of Chandler Jones's better best years as a, as a pass rusher have come in Arizona and New England only got a second round pick for him. So it's not the same as, you know, even though Chandler Jones has been one of the best players of the decade, he was not my answer for the best first round pick the Patriots had because his best football was played elsewhere and he didn't get that big type of haul uh, in return. Uh, you know, he only, a second round pick's good, but, you know, it wasn't, um, you know, what some of these other players have gotten returned. So, uh, Chandler Jones, even though, like I said, one of the best players of the decade, was not my answer for the best uh, first round pick for the Pats. Uh, well, if I know, 
readers and fans, I imagine the worst first round picks might get more discussion in your comments section <laughs> than the best first round picks. It seems like those uh, people are always more passionate about those. And uh, I just sort of rolling through some of these. It's interesting to because I think the one thing that really jumps out for people when they look back on drafts is you know, guys that went right after the guy that your team picked. And I know we were talking right. a little bit about the Lions um, and, and their worst pick in this stretch. Uh, and you settled on Eric Ebron. Um, Lakin Tomlinson was the other guy who was a top, you know, he was a top 30 pick and basically was just a wound up to be a, almost a waste of a pick. They did get a, a pick back from San Francisco for him, um, which I'm not entirely sure how they managed to swing that but uh they uh you know they they got a pick for him but ebron you know the big thing in detroit was always you look at it and then it was aaron donald and and becca odell beckham and a bunch of guys went right after him and so that that makes that pick kind of naturally look worse and you mentioned uh with oakland's worst first rounder you you used dj you picked dj hayden because and part of it was that desmond trufant xavier rhodes and darius slay went after him and so uh yeah you mentioned you know hindsight uh, sort of being undefeated here but uh that's that's got to factor in i guess if you're going back and grading these right. drafts and looking at which picks you hit and which picks you missed if you take a guy who flames out in two or three years right ahead of a guy who's <laughs> right ahead of an aaron donald who's the best defensive player in football uh that's gonna linger for a little bit because <laughs> you know that's the miss on a franchise changing pick yeah no that's in i think detroit was the perfect example of that because in a vacuum lake and tomlinson is that's the clear answer um you know he's has not been a good player in the nfl former first round pick that should be the answer but when you look at the context of that 2014 nfl draft and it was similar with uh the browns and taking justin gilbert top 10 in that draft uh now gilbert was not even close to the player Ebron has been in the NFL. Gilbert uh, was has just been god awful. Um, but with Ebron, he's played he had, not looking at anything he's done with Indianapolis, only what he did with Detroit, and he had some solid seasons. But when you look at that 14 class, these are the players that went 11 to 17 after Ebron went number 10 overall. Taylor Lewan, who's been um, you know uh, he's one of the highest paid tackles in the league, uh, really good left tackle. Odell Beckham. Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, who I mentioned is probably a top five corner, arguably a top five corner in the NFL right now. Ryan Shazier, who if not for his injury would be one of the top linebackers. Zach Martin, and then CJ Mosley. So, I mean, we're talking about what, eight players right there who are, you know, Pro Bowl level type of players when they were healthy. And so, you know, it's just that factors into the conversation. And I think that maybe the Detroit's a good example of that, but so is Chicago. Uh, this was kind of picking their their worst first round pick, you know, in a vacuum. Kevin White, you know, former top 10 pick, white wide receiver. He was a complete disaster uh, for the Bears at wide receiver. Um, you know, 25 career catches in the NFL uh, could not get on the field uh, with injuries and just, you know, really, really a big disappointment. But I went with Mitchell Trubisky because uh, when you consider that Deshaun, he was the first quarterback drafted and the two quarterbacks drafted after him with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, that that leaves scars. And, you know, that's something that impacts 
the franchise much more than a wide receiver. So even though I think Trubisky is not, um, you know, there are worse quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, you know, if you're going to list the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, Trubisky probably comes in somewhere between 25 and 32. Like he's, he's at least an NFL starter probably. And I think he still has room to get better. You know, the, the final nail is not in his coffin just yet. Uh, but with that said, the fact that Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were two quarterbacks drafted right after him, that you, how do you you can't ignore that? And so that's why Mitchell Trubisky was my answer for the uh, for the Bears and their worst first round pick of the decade. I wanted to ask about uh, another quarterback you have as a worst first rounder, which is Jameis Winston down in uh, Tampa Bay. Who um, you know he's got his critics certainly. I, I don't know is this. Uh... Jameis versus Vernon Hargraves discussion was OJ Howard in the mix. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly, OJ Howard. Uh, I think uh, Vita Vea now has as many touchdown receptions as OJ Howard this year. Which I don't know <laughs> if that's OJ Howard's fault or the play calling or Jameis's fault, but um, that that's one that jumped out to me just because you know you do have a guy in Jameis Winston who, um, you know, obviously was <laughs> the number one overall pick, but he's now in his fifth year starting, um, so he's at least held on to that job for better or worse for the most part in Tampa Bay. I, I don't know if it was close for you or not. If Har- Hargraves got released, like I said, Howard hasn't been very good this year, but you know, Jameis Winston's sort of on his own level. Maybe it was just the quarterback pull or the number one overall pick pull that puts you that way. Yeah. I think that uh, it's kind of like we mentioned before um, in a positive way, how about quarterback impacting uh, some of the decisions this is an example of a quarterback impacting the wrong way. Um, you know, I, I said in my write-up how Winston, since his rookie year, he's the only quarterback in the league with uh, 70 or more interceptions. And Phillip Rivers is the only other guy with 60 or more during that span. So the turnovers, I mean, you're just not going to win many football games when you're turning the football over at that type of clip. Um, and it's something that those mistakes, he kind of is what he is. You know, it's, it's not like he's getting better in that area. Uh, and, you know, it's just kind of unconscious when he makes some of his decisions. And uh, I think he's a good example of a player who peaked very early. He might have peaked as a redshirt freshman at Florida State. Um, I don't think we've seen him make substantial improvements since then. And that's, that's the, the crapshoot when you're dealing with quarterbacks. Um, you know, a lot of people mention age and how, you know, he's age, he's age 21, so he should peak at 23 or 26 or whatever. Like, every quarterback is different. There's no set standard for when a quarterback or any player at any position is going to peak. And I think for Jameis Winston, that's a perfect example. He has not shown progressive improvement he might have peaked before he even played his first NFL game. So, uh, you know, unfortunately for that franchise, he was uh, the first, the, the worst first round pick of the decade for the Bucks. Just have a feeling that might be one that uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if the Tampa Bay fans have turned on on Jameis Winston completely, or if there's still a few little pockets of uh, people down there who support him. I'm not sure. They're thrown- not going to resign him, right? I, really, I mean, he's he's a I free mean, agent after the year, so they yeah. can't. I mean, they're not going to bring him back, are they? I mean, I wouldn't. He's four. They're four and seven. He's thrown twenty interceptions this year. Like, I, I, I mean, at some point you've got to you've got to cut the cord, don't you? I, I think I'm with you. I mean, I think you're right. Probably, well, that's yeah. I'd be shocked. Yeah, and so basically, the last five years have been a waste. You know, Winston's tenure in Tampa Bay has was all for naught. Um and I don't blame the Bucks for taking him number 1 overall because what he showed in two seasons at at Florida State, 
I get it. Uh, but unfortunately, he just has not shown improvement in some of those areas. And so, you know, when you look at the last five years, um, you know, it's just it's hard to say they were successful years. Um, and so because of that and, and largely because of the quarterback. And so because of that, that's why he got my vote. So it's it, it's definitely up for debate. And I'm sure the, the commenters will be gentle on me. For that. <laughs> As we uh, wrap up here, are there any any of those first round picks that uh... – there were favorites of yours. I mean, any guys that teams really stole later in the draft or that you thought they got a pretty good value on or that you really liked that uh, now have kind of proven uh, both you and the team that picked them to be right here over the first few years in the league? Uh, you know, I think the the Saints with Cameron Jordan, um, you know, they took him in the 20s, uh, 24th overall. And the Saints have been a really good uh, drafting team in the first round with Marshawn Lattimore, um, Ryan Ramchick, the the right tackle. Um, but Cameron Jordan, unbelievable the type of impact that he has had, not only production wise, but he doesn't miss games. Um, it's just his reliability is uncanny. The last time the Saints played a game without him, January 2011. I mean, that's just that's remarkable uh, that he's been so consistent, uh, not just production wise, but just being out there and, and being a, an important part of what the Saints have done. So I don't think he gets enough mention as uh, a player who's, uh, you know, the impact that he's made. And he definitely deserves uh, kind of being the top pick there. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, we mentioned earlier about Tunsil. It was the same kind of conversation with Jalen Ramsey, uh, who obviously did not leave on good terms, uh, but considering the haul he got back considering he was a pro bowl level player while he was in Jacksonville I thought that was a pretty easy uh pick for uh for them I mean that's it's something where uh you know they uh again did not end well but considering how you know the investment I don't think they would have done anything differently I think one of my favorite players or a guy that I graded high um as a, a top how 10 or 12 pick was Jair Alexander and for me, uh, the Packers, thats he's been their best player, best draft pick, first-round draft pick uh, of the decade. Uh, not the biggest guy, but he's he, hes a mosquito out there. He's just pesky. He, he annoys receivers and it, athleticism. He's tough. Um, you know, I think he got the vote for me for the Packers over, over Kenny Clark. Makes more of a difference for them. Um, uh, I think the, the Lions and Dominican Sue, one of the best players I've ever evaluated, um, I, any, I mean, you, you were obviously, uh, have been invested in that franchise for, for a while. Would you have gone anyone different for the best first round pick, even though Sue did leave in free agency? Uh, so, you know, there's the longevity isn't there, but would you have gone uh, with anyone different? No, I think it's gotta be Sue there. Like, not just because he was so good in college, but I think he was, a. I mean, he was a really good, he has been a really, really good pro and they actually haven't, I mean, that's kind of one of the criticisms that's building around uh, the current regime is the first round picks haven't necessarily clicked the way you would hope they would. I mean, the only other one who maybe would have even been in the conversation for me is, is Ziggy Ansah if he had stayed healthy all those years. Cause I think we saw some of the flashes of, you know, that all pro level talent, but I think otherwise uh, I think you made the right call on that one. Uh, I think it had to be yeah. Sue. Yeah, I think the only other one that stands out as a guy who I really, really like coming out was Stephon Gilmore, another corner. Uh, and I, I actually put him down as the best first-round pick of the Bills, even though he's playing arguably his best football uh, now as a member of the Patriots. Um, you know, he's 
He's just been one of the best players of the decade. So I went with Gilmore, and I think um, you know, even though he's no longer with the Bills, I think he was their best draft pick. Um, just looking at over the years what they've done. So, uh, and unfortunately for Buffalo, uh, they didn't get to keep him, but he's still been a big time player. Well, as mentioned, uh, if you want to check this uh, out, the full post, Dane's. Uh, as we said, we didn't get an official count on how long this took him, but uh, it had to have been a long time. So uh, make sure you check it out on The Athletic if you still need a subscription. Again, you can get to theathletic.com slash prospects to pros. We do two podcasts here uh, every week, and that second one most weeks is uh, for subscribers only. A little different this week as we get into uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. Wanted to give you a, uh, a listen here and, and let you hear what Dane had to say about this uh, this post he'd put together. So uh, but make sure you get over and uh, get the subscription if you haven't yet. You get 40% off using that link, uh, theathletic.com slash prospects to pros. And we'll be back next week on our usual schedule, which is uh, Tuesday. We'll hit the recap of the weekend that was in college football and maybe a little NFL and then look ahead uh, to conference championship weekend, which should be fun. So uh, a lot to do next week, as we always do. And for Dane Brugler and our producer, Kent Garrison, thanks for listening. Hope you have a happy and safe Thanksgiving weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.